Moncrief on News Talk. Now, a university in the UK has just completed a course that is thought to be a world's first, a master's degree in Panto. Jefferson Partlett just graduated and joins us now. Jefferson, good afternoon and congratulations. Oh, yes, I did, Sean. Oh, yes, you you did. I I was going to try avoiding doing that or, you know, saying he's behind you or any of that kind of stuff. Well, believe it it or not, I'm actually getting in trouble if I don't do it. So I thought it was best that I I, I got it in today. Respect. Okay, fair enough. Is that part of the course, things like that, that must be included in a panto? To be honest, yes, it, it is. Um, I mean, we part of the course, we looked at sort of the pantomime techniques and tropes and looking at sort of stock routines. And the, oh, yes, he is, and he's behind you, is is a staple um, element of, of pantomime. Right. Okay. And it also, does panto also has to be kind of a set amount of stories? You know, they're, they're like there's almost like a, a, a core curriculum of panto stories, or can you kind of be a bit more creative in regard to that? Well, to be sure, that was the best part of the course because it was the world's first. And we were looking at sort of what we could do to contemporize it and contextualize it. We we looked at playing around with different stories. So obviously you've got the traditional Cinderella, Dick Whittington and Jack and the Beanstalk. We looked at other stories which we could potentially do. I mean, we looked at Pinocchio, which is now fast becoming um, a, a popular pantomime to put on. Um, and we looked at things like um, Rumpelstiltskin, and as long as you've got the elements of those of the pantomime, those traditional sort of um, components, you could sort of turn any story into one, really. Yeah. Who who taught you on the course? Uh, because it so, was the first masters in panto, so nobody lecturing you would have a masters in panto by definition. No. So we we were very fortunate uh, to be led on the course by. Uh, Richard Cheshire, who um, has a vast amount of experience playing a pantomime dame, um, and he plays that every single year. And he's he's been in the uh, in the industry for a long time. So we we soaked every single bit of knowledge out of him that we could because um, he's he's very experienced. Yeah, and, and th- th- there was only four of you doing this course. Is that right? There was, yes, four of us. But what's, what was great about that was um, not all of us want to be on the stage as performers. Um, uh, unlike myself, the others were, one was a, a professional photographer who did the course for fun. Um, Laurie on the course, um, she wants to go into directing. So was actually looking on the other side and the mechanics of directing a pantomime. And uh, Becky uh, is a BSL interpreter. So she's looking at ways of she how she can develop theatre productions, incorporating BSL and making it accessible mm. um, for audiences. Yeah. And and as I understand, you, d- you did then uh, make a production or put a production together that did incorporate sign language. We did, yes. So as that was part of our final module, um, the university gave us a budget and we got to write, direct, produce and perform our own pantomime and took that around local communities in Staffordshire. Um, and we chose Robinson Crusoe, which um, we turned to Robinson Crusoe, which is the Welsh word for welcome, hmm. um, because our aims and our missions and value statements was inclusivity and making making it suitable for all, no matter what walk alive and what background you are. Right. OK. You could argue, actually, that the panto has always been, because, as you mentioned there, 
uh, uh, the dame that, that that it's always been kind of inclusive, really. It, it plays it, it's been playing with gender roles for hundreds of years. Well, and that's and a very good point you made there, Sean, because I was I was exactly uh, in that state of mind thinking, that, well, that is inclusive anyway. But actually, having done the research and being fortunate to be part of the first ever pantomime symposium, um, which was a big discussion on equality and gender and representation, there was actually a lot more to it. And, and actually, there's a lot more we can do to, um, I suppose, to be more more inclusive and more diverse and uh, celebrate multicultural societies. Right. Yes, of course. Now, and you, as I understand it, you were an actor before you went on this course. Uh, um, I was. Yes. Yes. So I, I trained as an actor and a singer, uh, yeah. but and I've been very lucky to have some TV roles and sung on cruise ships all around the world. But, but pantomime was, was the first love. Um, and I just wasn't getting seen for an audition. So when the course came up in the stage newspaper, the actor's newspaper, I, I had to grasp the opportunity. Yeah. And, and what is, what was going on? Do you think that you weren't getting seen for roles in Pantos? I don't know, Sean, because I get told I'm a funny looking bloke and that I'll be perfect for Panto. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't quite understand what was going on, but I think, um, I was, Every time I saw a panto, I would wait stage door and meet all the actors and speak to the actors and ask them how they got involved. And back then, there was no training. There was certainly no masters. There was no workshops and traditions were sort of orally passed down and and learned on the job, um, which was great. But how do you get there in the first place? It was notoriously very difficult. And I think there's such a quick turnaround to put a pantomime on stage that producers tend to use people they they've mm. worked with before and skilled performers. Um, but this course was sort of like the, the key to the door really. And I've been very lucky to meet some of the biggest producers of pantomime uh, in the country. Yeah. It's that old thing. You can't do the job unless you've got the experience. You can't get the experience unless you've done the job already. So it's exactly. a vicious circle yeah. for you. So having oh, a master's degree, do you think that'll help? Might it put people off? They'll be expecting some guy smoking a pipe wearing a tweed jacket who's going to come in and give them lectures about how they used to do it in the <laughs> Middle Ages. Well, I'm 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 hoping that this um it's been the perfect sort of key to the door to meet producers, um, get into the audition room, show them what I can do with all of the skills that I've learnt, and with with the course, hopefully inspire the next generation of pantomime artists and stars and even if that doesn't mean being on the stage at least you know getting them to experience theater for the first time like pantomime is for a lot of kids yeah it's their first experience so just get them into the theater just to trans be transported into a different world and and yeah, 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 just get them to in, in, enjoy the creative arts. And it was, it wasn't Staffordshire University. It was the world's first, as, uh, as far as we know. What kind of, uh, to get on the course, did you, uh, was there any criteria? What, did you have to have a degree in mime or something like that? Or could you be a biochemist <laughs> no. and say, I want to do Panto now? <laughs> um, it was purely, um, uh, it was purely you would apply and they would sort of see what you've done and, what was great about the university is they are very career focused driven universities. So they, the interview process was very much part. How can we help you? Uh, whether this course was right for you. And if that's something we can 
help you with through the course, then they'd offer you a place. But I was quite lucky that I turned up to the open day, um, met Richard Cheshire and Robert Marston, uh, the director, um, and they offered me a place there and then. Yeah, well, well done. Jefferson, thank you very much for speaking with us today and best of luck with your Panto career. That was Jefferson Partlett then there, uh, one of only four graduates from the world's first master's degree in Panto. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.